It's Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. It's <laughs> Mallory, I mean, with Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. And I'm Ashley. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on schedule and coming at you with a new episode. So excited. Yeah. How are you, Mals? <laughs> What's going on? What's going it's on, like, babe? Uh, um, not a whole lot, honestly. I literally cannot think of like one single new thing that happened to me since I saw you. That's a blessing. Except for that I started watching Shiny Happy People. Yes. Oh my God. I haven't finished it yet, but yeah, I'm learning new things. I swear to God, my grandmother, I mean, I know that she's talked about Bill Gothard before. And oh my God. I just don't remember like how, like obviously I wasn't raised in the IBLP or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but there's so many things that like, kind of crossover and yes. how I well, was raised. <laughs> well, IVLP isn't a religion. It's a like program. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. people would go to these seminars and bring it back to their churches, usually Baptist churches. Yeah. So. It said that they like kind of infiltrated like Southern Baptist churches and stuff. And so that would make sense. But so if you guys don't know what shiny happy people is, it's a uh, new docuseries on Amazon prime mm-hmm. and it's about uh, the Duggars and they're, affiliation with the IBLP and Josh Duggar's whole situation. But I watched it, I think last week and I was pretty, pretty impressed with myself for uh, my episode. I was like, wow, yeah. did they watch my episode before making this uh, docuseries? I know. <laughs> I, I was seeing like visuals that you like showed me in your yeah. um, slideshow during that episode. So I was, yeah. It, and it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's new stuff too. Yeah, you guys should watch it if you're interested in the whole Duggar saga. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that Jill never got paid. Yes, that's the stuff I never knew. Yeah. Because I think they finally just started speaking out about it. Oh, my God. It's so insane. Yeah. I went to the liquor store today in socks and sandals. (laughs) Oh, that's like my son's everyday attire. (laughs) <laughs> Crocs and socks. And then I saw someone I knew there. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I was like, damn it. I'm like, it's completely dressed down today. Well, I am every day. Let's face it. But who'd you no- see? So our friend Tyler, it's one of uh, Brent's like friends from a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Shout out there. Um, he's actually a member of Brent's podcast. Oh, cool. Discount Heroes on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes, it's a D&D podcast. Yeah, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, if you're into that kind of thing. Sup, Tyler? I know you probably don't listen, but hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's new with you? Well, I just got back from Chicago not too long ago. Had to go for work. And I'd, I've been to Chicago several times, but I've never really done anything because it's been for work every time. Mm-hmm. But I just stayed a little bit longer than I needed to like a few extra hours so I was able to like explore a little bit yeah and I fucking love Chicago I want to go I've never been there well it feels kind of like New York except cleaner and less crowded oh nice and there's a lot of history and a lot of really beautiful architecture yes I saw your pictures it looked really cool I did um an architecture tour so the Chicago River kind of runs through the I don't know if it's exactly the middle of the city, but it runs through the city and it's gorgeous. And you can take like this big tour boat and they just like talk about all the different architecture throughout um, the city. And I've heard names from like 
my past, I was almost an art history minor, but like Mies van der Rohe. And I was like, oh, that sounds so familiar. I like didn't think I'd ever hear that name again. But, you know, architecture stuff. <laughs> anyway, it was interesting because I don't know if you know the brewery Goose Island, Mm-mm. but I didn't realize it was an actual place. Goose Island is a little island. Oh, I guess in the lake or river. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we like passed that and the guy was like, oh, this is just they mainly just have like production plants and things there. And like there was a break in the architecture tour and he's like, if you guys have any questions, just come up. And of course, me being me was like, hey, so have you ever seen any dead bodies in the river? <laughs> and I think he would like meant architecture questions, but yeah. anyway, he oh was God. just like caught off, caught off guard. <laughs> and he was just like, actually, yeah. Um, oh my God, actually, yeah. He's like, yeah, like a week or so ago. A what? Um, we found a bot. there was a body that they were pulling out of the river in the morning. And um, mm. all this to say, I started like researching like yeah. bodies in the river, that kind of thing. And I discovered that there have been at least like 30 bodies found in the Chicago River this year. This year so far. Yeah. What is happening? And most of them are men between mid 20s and 30s. Dude, is there a serial killer in Chicago? And people do think that there's a serial killer Bro. in Chicago. So it could either be something like that or it could just be like these guys. Typically, there are situations where the guys go missing after a night out, like drinking or partying mm. or something. So it could potentially be that they just got drunk and like fell in the river. Or yeah, had but that's a lot. Accident. That's too that, that that's a like lot. too many. And I'm not sure about like boundaries on the river. I'm not sure like what that's like. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I don't know. People do think that there might be a ser- serial killer. Anyway, wow. when I got home from Chicago, I got home on Wednesday. I was just on TikTok, and I guess TikTok just knows what I do and where I go (laughs) because it started feeding me Chicago true crime. Oh, my God. And it turns out that a guy ended up going missing on this past Monday night, June 12th. So he's a 26-year-old Chicago man named Noah Enos. He went out for drinks and saw a concert with a new co-worker whose name was Sasha Than. I think that's how you say it, Sasha Than. They ended up seeing an Australian band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at the Salt Shed on Goose Island. Um, so I guess the Salt Shed is a music venue that's on Goose Island. So I was kind of like shocked to hear there was a music venue because this guy's like, oh, it's only like manufacturing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the tour we took was after this guy went missing. It was the it was Wednesday, so it was two days after. And he like, I don't know if it's like news to everyone, but he was just like, oh, there's nothing there. It's just like manufacturing. Anyway, weird, um, weird. So they were at this music venue, Salt Shed on Goose Island, seeing this band. And toward the end of the show, Noah's coworker lost him in the crowd, and he ended up waiting around for Noah after the show. But after not being able to find him, he went home. Noah had been sending Snapchat videos to his girlfriend, Nicole, throughout the show until about an hour before he vanished. Nicole tried messaging him around 10 p.m., but his phone was dead at that point, and it has not been turned on since. So 
Nicole and Noah, their apartment was like 15 minutes from Goose Island. So while she was waiting for him, she was like panicking, like calling hospitals, reaching out to friends. And then finally she just decided to drive to the venue to see like if she could find him Mm -hmm. because his last location on his phone was at the music venue. Yeah. So she drove over there, but the venue was closed, but she couldn't see, she couldn't find him. She couldn't see like any evidence of his stuff. The cops didn't find anything. They reported him missing, but surveillance video at the venue shows Noah and his coworker walking together around 9.30 p.m. And the show ended at 10. So that means there's like a 30-minute window open and the police are looking into that. Mm -hmm. But I looked on Facebook and Noah's mother had posted a Facebook post pleading for help finding her son. She mentioned that prior to going to the show on Monday night, Noah and Sasha went to a restaurant and bar called Big Star. I found this crazy because my boss wanted us to go to Big Star on Sunday night. Yeah. Which would be the night before they went. Oh, my God. And the same night as another man went missing. What? Yeah, from being last seen at Big Star. So the police ended up telling the mom that another man had gone missing and he was last seen at Big Star on Sunday night. Oh my God, what the fuck? And I could not find anything about this person, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was weird because we were literally going to go there and we ended up going somewhere else. So they ended up reaching out to the bar, Big Star. It's like a bar restaurant. And um, just to see if anyone had seen him after the concert and he had not come back. So yeah, it feels a little close to home because... Yeah, for sure. I don't want to make it about me or anything, but it was just weird no. that we were going to go there. And then we take that that architecture tour on a boat in the same river. And they talk about Goose Island. We're right there. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? At 9.45 a.m. this morning, a body was pulled from the Chicago River, and it was nearby the salt shed on Goose Island. Oh, my God. They haven't, they haven't, identified, they haven't him. identified him yet, but the person was pronounced dead at the scene. Holy and it, it's like pretty much 100% that it's him. Whoa. So it gives me chills. Like we're on this boat tour, like going around all this and like this has just happened like yeah. a couple days before and they just find him today. He's in there while you're on. That's crazy. And I like river. just asked that question, not even knowing the whole history of like all these men going. Missing. I know. And um, that's that's crazy that you yes. thought to ask that. Now I just feel kind of like an asshole, too, because he's probably thinking this this girl, you know, I don't know. She's judging us for how many people die in our river. Yeah. So, as I said, over the last year, there have been over 30 bodies pulled from the river and um, Lake Michigan, which the river feeds into. Chicagoans believe there may be an active serial killer, but others believe it's just a matter of young drunk men drowning. But there's no way, at least there might be some that are young drunk men drowning, but yeah. out of 30 people, no way, dude. It's just nuts. It's not all. And I like had just been, gotten done telling my whole family, like, I fucking love Chicago. It's so amazing. <laughs> I told Tudor, I was like, if we ever move anywhere, we should look at Chicago because it's so cool. Yeah. Granted, I know there's like a lot of crime there, but it's. Is I, it worse than Atlanta? <laughs> I have no idea. So you honestly. can't be that much worse, though. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was 
pretty nuts. So I'm going to yeah. keep an eye on all that. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of like a rumor that's been going around. They call this quote-unquote serial killer the smiley face killer because a lot of times when they find the body, there have been graffiti. There's been graffiti of like a smiley face. Okay. It's interesting that you bring that up because Brent and I have a friend. Um, her name is Erica. I think she sometimes listens, so hey, Erica. <laughs> One of her neighbors, I think it's her cousin or her nephew or something, was killed. And it was somewhere in the Great Lakes area. I think it was Michigan. And his body was found by the lake. And there was a smiley face on, like, the tree next to him. It's like a thing on the internet. People are like gathering up all this evidence Weird. about it. Yeah. I wonder if it's, I mean, that's not, it wasn't in Chicago, so I don't know, but, um, I mean, I would assume. But he was also a young male. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get more details on that. Cause I know yeah. she has more insight. I remember trying to Google it at one time and I couldn't find much on it, but she has more details cause she's related to the dude. So yeah, I didn't really gather a lot of information because I just found out about all this last night, and then I just saw the thing about a body being found this morning. Oh, my God, So it's just crazy how it all was happening while we were there. Yeah. And I ended up listening to some podcasts about a lot of the men who ended up going missing, and they always, it's always after they're, like, out for the night drinking or something like that, and they named off several bars that my coworkers like to go to every year when we're in Chicago. Oh my God. Like one's called Howl at the Moon. It's like a dueling piano bar, mm-hmm. which is like the place they go. Yeah. It's just weird and creepy. So yeah, you can conveniently, you know, say, hey, these guys are just getting drunk and falling into the lake. But also, um, these could be hot spots for this guy or whoever is yeah. doing this to like prey drug on people. Them yeah, exactly. And- take advantage of them in some way and then just dump them yeah i don't know wow Um, that is so crazy dude yeah but other than that like i had a great time (laughs) (laughs) fuck um it was wonderful yeah we were there for a big show we had it went really really well all the hard work we did paid off a lot and it was just the best time I met Lupe Fiasco. I know, I saw! <laughs> That's so crazy! Who, um, like, I didn't know I was such a fan of his um, because he he's just, like, involved in so much music that you don't even know who does it. Yeah. Like, if you listen, if you pull him up on Spotify and listen to any song, you would know it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. He's very smart and a big philanthropist. <laughs> God damn it, I can't say words. Um, Bur- he, like, burglary. He's... He teaches at MIT. Like, he's just like... Oh, no shit. Are you serious? What? Intelligent and like... I had no idea. Is trying to save the world one problem at a time, which is really nice. Anyway, yeah. So what you're saying is he needs to be the next Elon Musk and let's get Elon Musk out of there. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he was really, really cool. But other than that, not much new. It's my brother's birthday today. Yeah! Happy birthday, <laughs> um, probably none of you are familiar with Pruane 2 Forever. It was this kid that was on YouTube, what, 10, 15 years ago? Oh, so long ago, like maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, and he would just 
rant about things, but um, give yeah, like, movie and yes, video game do. reviews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey guys, it's my birthday today. <laughs> yeah, like massive buck teeth, and but he was very like well spoken and mm-hmm. like actually gave like really like I don't know intelligent kind of reviews on these things. But it was just so funny with his outward appearance of being this child that. It was like looked like a huge dork, and he his voice too is also he kind of talks like this. <laughs> anyway, I sent Ashley a, a video of him the other day because he's like wiped his his existence off of YouTube. I think probably due to bullying or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. But um, shout out to Pruan, we miss you. <laughs> I sent that video to Brent too on his birthday. Oh, you did? But he didn't respond. Well, that's not surprising to me at all. (laughs) Okay, so the thing that I thought about when you were talking about your story, I just thought about this because this is one thing that I I have been obsessed with recently. So I was watching some travel vlogs, and then I started looking up, because there's this one guy on YouTube I watched called Doug Barnard, Mm -hmm. and he mainly goes to Middle Eastern Arabic countries. And obviously... Well, he his portrayal of the countries are very positive, and everyone is, and, and they are. They're super friendly, and there's just so many amazing things about these countries that I never knew about, but then, you know, you have to think, this experience is not what a woman would experience when you go over yeah. there. So anyway, this is kind of, I've just said that just because this is kind of how I found out about this, but um, I, don't, I don't know exactly why, but I was Googling female (laughs) female terrorists (laughs) and I completely normal completely healthy yeah um and I found this I found out about this girl who is from originally from Ireland but she's English Um, I know about this you know about her her name is Samantha Luthwaite and she she ended up joining ISIS or something. Well, not ISIS, but th- I don't know. Maybe there's another one that you're thinking of. But maybe. So there was a bombing on the underground in England. I can't remember what year it was. But so Samantha was not raised Muslim or anything. She was a white girl. Yeah. And she hung out with this family, I guess it was like a neighbor or somebody she went to school with that were Muslim, and she ended up converting to Islam. And she eventually met this guy uh, named Jermaine Lindsay, who ended up being a suicide bomber in the London attacks. And obviously he died. And so she briefly like made a statement after that happened, denouncing the whole thing, whatever. But... They both had been following the like teachings of this. What do you call an Islamic teacher, pastor, priest? What are they called? <laughs> mm, I don't I know don't what know. the term is. Uh, we'll say sheikh or something. Something I don't know. Anyway, this Islamic sheikh or whatever you want to call him, who promoted violence and mm-hmm. Islam together, who, what, by the way, this guy is now in prison in New York because he just can't stop inciting violence. So He just um, can't stop. <laughs> yeah. But. So anyways, um, this girl fled to Somalia with her kids, 
and is now suspected to have been involved in a Kenyan mall bombing. And um, so the organization that they think she's a part of is called Al-Shabaab. I think this is exactly who I was thinking Okay. Of. Yeah. She has kids. Was she, she has pregnant like at one kids. point? Or when someone... She has like three baby daddies at this point, I think. But they end up they raided the house that she was in at one point, or the police went to the house that she was in, and somebody else answered the door. And I can't remember what country this. I think it was in South Africa because she was in South Africa for a little while, and she had obtained a passport using somebody else's identity and all this other stuff. So they didn't know it was her at the house at the time. And then they when they went back and figured out that this girl was actually her, and that was not her real name, they went back to the house to grab her. She was already gone. So she's been on the run since 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe. On the run with kids? With kids, and also supposedly being a member of, like a pretty prominent member of a terrorist organization in Islamic countries. So... I don't even know where I heard about that. I feel like there was like a docu-series or something on her. The only things I could find, there was one like kind of independent documentary that was like on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one on Netflix, but it was only an episode of like a, um, it was called like Most Wanted something. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. That's intense. Because I found out about her and I was like, I want to do an episode on this, but there's just not I mean, there's basically what I told you was like all there yeah. is because <laughs> wow. she's not. I mean, there's a little more detail into like what happened with the attacks that she was, you know, supposedly involved in. But who knows? She's doing too good of a job hiding. I know. And it's crazy because she's a white girl in these countries where there are not many white people at all. Yeah. Like, how are you? She must have like a, a low profile. Really protecting her. I think that's what's going on she's being protected by the group that she's affiliated with so yeah yeah that's nuts i know (laughs) another thing of note richard allen yes has apparently uh made incriminating statements or yeah and has claimed he did kill abby and libby but his lawyers of course are like well his mental health is sketchy so don't pay attention to that (laughs) It's like, okay. okay. Yeah, we'll see about that. I heard his trial is going to be in January. Oh, I didn't hear that. So, and I haven't been. I need to see what's going up, going on with Keegan, Keegan, Kegan. Oh yeah, whatever the hell his name is, Keegan Klein. He looks totally different Kagan. now, which is crazy. Anyways, I have a story for you guys tonight. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter story tonight, but it's a good one. And I think once we have some more updates on it, it's going to be really interesting to see what um, what else we find out. So, But the police have taken their time on this one for sure. So anyway, do you want to just like take a break now and then sure. turn back to the story? Yeah. We'll be right back. Say bye. <laughs> All right. Oh, drink of the night. Yes. The name of the drink is Dark and Stormy. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of it. Um, It's not necessarily the name of the drink that is um, on theme with this episode. It is one of the ingredients, which is Bacardi rum. 
And that's as much as I will say about the connection to it at this point, because you will find out why. But yeah, Dark and Stormy is two ounces of dark rum. I forgot how many ounces of ginger beer. I just kind of filled up our little short cups. (laughs) And then um, some people put bitters. And then I found a recipe that also did lime. So and I had lime juice. So I was like, I'm going to save the money and we'll do lime. So that is what we're drinking. Pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. So my story tonight is about a girl named Faith Hedgepeth. Have you ever heard of her? No. Okay. Faith was born in 1992 um, on Native American territory in North Carolina in Warren County. She is a member of the Haliwa Saponi Native American tribe. Her parents actually divorced within a year of her birth. And uh, she was raised by her mom and her older sister. Her mom named her Faith, at least she said, because she believed that's what she needed to raise a fourth child when she already had two sons, a daughter, and a husband with a drug problem. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. In high school, Faith was an honor student. She was a cheerleader and a member of many extracurricular clubs and organizations, Um, She did well enough in school to earn a scholarship to go to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Her dad actually had attended UNC Chapel Hill as well, but he had dropped dropped out at some point. So she was actually really excited to be the first person in her family to graduate from college. Wow. And she also wanted to continue going to school after she graduated from undergraduate to become either a pediatrician or a teacher. Her first two years at the college went well for her. Um, She ended up taking spring 2012 semester off, um, but she stayed in the Chapel Hill area over the summer, and she was actually living in an off-campus apartment. It was called Hawthorne at the View, the complex, and it was kind of between Chapel Hill and Durham, and she was there during the month of August. So she was actually living with her friend that she had met in her freshman year, and her name was Karina Rosario. Faith had planned to move to her own apartment after her financial aid for the fall semester was available, but Karina was, you know, nice enough to let her stay with her. And, and her Karina's boyfriend also lived there. His name was Eric. Eric Takoy Jones. <laughs> Aaron Takoy Jones? Eric with a Q. <laughs> Takoy Jones. <laughs> okay. And I say that because he's referenced in my sources as that full name, and then sometimes as Takoy Jones and sometimes as Eric Jones. Mm-hmm. So that's his name. Speaking of good old Eric, Karina and Eric's relationship was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of domestic violence, and Jesus. eventually Karina ended the relationship and he moved out. And um, so July 5th, 2012, Eric, who had also been arrested previously for possession of drug paraphernalia on April 27th, he broke into the apartment, threatened Karina, and pushed her to the ground. Less than a week later, on July 10th, he broke into the apartment again after Karina had even changed the locks. That's horrifying. I know. Like, dude, fuck off. That is horrifying. Yeah. So, (sighs) Karina... Um, and Faith, Faith drove her to court to get a restraining order that required Eric to stay away from the apartment. And 
it's kind of weird because Eric lived in that same apartment complex after he moved out from Karina's apartment. He oh, moved no. into an apartment there. Fudge. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And Eric, for some reason, had a vendetta against Faith for all of this. Like, he resented Faith's influence over Karina. Maybe she was like, you don't need to be with this guy. Or I yeah. mean, you know, obviously, because he's a piece of shit. And at one point, while... Eric was on the phone with Faith for whatever reason. He threatened to kill her if Karina didn't get back with, together with him. Yeah. Red flag. A huge, huge red flag. After Eric moved out, so it was actually um, a one-bedroom apartment. So from what I can gather, Karina and Faith, after Eric moved out, they would sleep in the same bed sometimes together. Yeah. So anyway, it was just them two living in the apartment after Eric moved out. On Thursday, September 6, 2012, Faith attended a rush event for Alpha Pi Omega around 6 p.m. And then she went to the Davis Library on the UNC campus with Karina. Faith was working on a paper that was actually on her tribe for a class. And then Faith and Karina returned back to the apartment around 7.30 p.m. So they were at the apartment for a little while, and then just after midnight, they ended up going to a nightclub in Chapel Hill called The Thrill. Ooh. The Thrill. Surveillance footage shows the girls arriving at The Thrill at 12.40 a.m. They only stayed there for about an hour and a half, because Karina said that her stomach started hurting. So she and Faith left the club. I think they talked to a guy outside of the door. It's also seen on surveillance footage for a little bit. And then they got back to Karina's apartment by 3 a.m. At 3.40 a.m., a text was sent from Faith's phone to a guy named Brandon Edwards, who was also an ex-boyfriend of Karina. He was actually with them at the thrill that night. And the text said, quote, Hey B, can you come over here, please? Rosario needs you more. Aha, you know. So it says, it's a typo. Because she followed it up with the word than after that text message. So I think she, what she was trying to say is Rosario needs you more than you know. Oh, Rosario. Karina. Oh, Because okay. that's her last name. Got it. Got it. So I think that was just a thing that they did. So this text message, or the, the correction of her typo, was the last evidence of activity from Faith's phone. At 4.16 a.m., Brandon sent a return text that said, who is this? So it was kind of just odd to me that she would text him and he would have no clue who it was. I mean, they were out together. Like, obviously, he knew she, who she was. I guess he just didn't. Or maybe he's like, my boyfriend doesn't save anybody's phone, phone number. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. So something was going on with Karina because she was also trying to call Brandon at the same time that Faith was texting him. So I don't know what was going on. Um, but he didn't answer her. Then she called another guy, Jordan McCrary. He has like a Wikipedia page and everything. He's a professional soccer player now. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he played soccer at UNC. And anyway, 
I saw two different things just to kind of set this up because I'm probably going to say this more than once, but there were multiple sources that just on like, like small details, I don't know whether like the authors of the sources were kind of inserting their own opinion on what happened or what, but I found that multiple details would differ between news sources. Mm-hmm. So this is just one of those little ones. It's, I don't know whether she wanted to go to another friend's house or if she went to Jordan's house, but she asked him to come over to pick her up and take her somewhere. Mm-hmm. So at 425 AM, she left the apartment with Jordan and Karina had said later that when she left, Faith was asleep in Karina's bed And she also mentioned that she did not lock the door when she left. Who goes out at that time? Also, bitch, wasn't your stomach hurting? (laughs) (laughs) Where do you go? Waffle House? They went to somebody's house. Oh. Yeah. At 4.30 in the morning? I don't know why. Ugh, sketchy. It's weird. There's a lot that doesn't add up to me about Karina. Mm. So... Karina stayed at that whoever's house and ended up coming back to the apartment at around 11 a.m. So she had tried calling Faith before she left to get a ride back to the apartment, but Faith didn't answer. So she called another friend um, who was named Marisol Rangel, and she ended up taking her back to the apartment. So when they got there, they saw Faith's car was there, so they were like, that's weird. She must still be here. And they didn't see her when they walked in, and they called out for her. There was no response, so they went to Karina's bedroom to check and see, you know, if she was still in there, like, asleep or whatever. Where did they think they'd she, that she'd be, like? Well, they just knew she hadn't answered the phone, and I don't know. I mean, it's a one-bedroom apartment. There's only so many places you can be, and your car's there. So I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking, mm. but as they walked into the bedroom, they saw her. She was motionless and surrounded by an overwhelming amount of blood. Oh, no. She was wrapped in a quilt, had no clothes on her lower body. She had a black shirt pulled over her head. Oh, my God. And there was blood spatter on the closet, and they found a bloody tampon that was lying beside her on the bed. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, God, that doesn't sound good. No. No, it does not. Sounds like somebody wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they called 911. Karina was the one on the phone. And I have that 911 call if you'd like to listen to it. Oh, I would love to. (laughs) Okay. Okay, what's it? 
Yes. What's the phone number you're calling from? 201-321-8075. Okay, you say your friend is unconscious? He's unconscious. I just walked in the apartment and there looks like there's blood okay, everywhere. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. Somebody's already right. sending me ambulance. Okay, I need to get some information from you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna tell you how to help her. Okay. 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 How, how old is your? How old is she? She's Okay. I don't know. I don't okay. want to touch her, but. Listen to me. Is is she breathing? I don't know. You need to check and see. Is she breathing? Hey, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, listen to me. There's blood everywhere. There's what? There's blood everywhere. Okay. I don't know what happened. Okay, is she on her back or is she on her, laying on her stomach? She's on, she's on her back, but, like, she, I think she fell off the bed because she's, like, off. And they fled all over the pillows, like in the comforter. I just don't know what happened. Okay. All right, listen to me, all right? Is someone coming? Yes, I've got somebody coming. I've got somebody coming. I need for you to help her. I need for you to go up to her. We need to see if she's breathing or not. Okay? I don't think so. Okay. Listen to me. Go up. The paramedics are on their way. I want you to stay on the line. I'm going to tell you what to do next, all right? Are you right by her now? Yes. Okay. Listen carefully. Listen. She's not moving. Okay. No. You, will you touch her arm? Tell me, does she, how does she feel? She's not moving. Okay, ma'am, we need to find out if we can help her or not. You've got to, you know, do as I'm asking so we can help her. All right? Okay. If you can, lay her flat on her back. Remove any pillow. Lay her flat on her back? Flat on her back. Remove any pillow. Okay. Okay. Kneel next to her, look in her mouth for food or vomit. Okay, kneel next to her, look in her mouth for food or vomit. Tell me something. Listen to me. Listen to What is your name? It's okay, honey. It's okay, honey. Listen to me. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Listen to me. When you touch her, how does she feel? Does she feel warm? No, she feels cold. She feels cold? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Don't touch anything else, okay? Don't it's touch so anything else. Amazing. Okay. They're on their way. I've got police on the way to you, and I've got, got medics on the way. Okay? I can't believe this. Okay. What room is she in? She's in my bedroom. Okay. I want you to go back into the living room, okay? I need to go know in. what's going on. Like, okay, listen, listen to me. in my room that, like, was not here before. Okay, listen like to me. I came in here. Okay, okay. It really does. 
what, what did you say your name was again? Okay, I don't. Okay, listen to me. Don't touch anything else in the room. I want you to leave leave that room. Go into the living room. You need to make sure make sure the door is unlocked so somebody can get in so that the medics and the police can get in when they get there. Okay. It's unlocked. Okay, now come again. Okay, they're on their way, honey. They're coming as fast as they can. You just stay on the phone with me, all right? Okay, tell me again what your name is. It looks like someone has been in there because you like the Okay, okay. I've let them know. We've got everybody on the way to help you. Now, tell me again what your name is. What? What is your name? Karina Rosario. Karina? Yes. Okay, Karina. You just you sit down on the couch and don't touch anything, okay? You just sit down. I'm not touching anything. Okay, okay. I just want you to sit down because the, the police and the medics are going to be there. Just They're coming just okay. as fast as they can, all right? Okay. What are your thoughts after that phone call? So it sounds pretty legit. Mm-hmm. She did start to like say something over and over. Like it looks like someone's been here, which kind of felt a little sketchy to me. Cause I don't think if I were in that situation personally, I would be like in the frame of mind enough to keep having to push something like that. I think I would have been just like fucking wrecked. Yeah. But overall, like it just sounds, sounds pretty legit yeah. to me. So, this 911 call is heavily judged by, like, and I know I said that I, there are just suspicious things about Karina. Anyway, but this 911 call to me sounds genuine. Yeah. And I listened to some podcasts and stuff, Crime Junkie even, they were like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe, this is so crazy, this is so suspicious, all this stuff. I'm like, this sounds real to me. Like, they kind of hone in on the fact that she said she doesn't want to touch her and the fact that she keeps saying, I just got here and the fact that she doesn't know her address. But all of those are easily explained by A, she just walked in and found what she's probably aware at this time that she's dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I might have the reaction I too. Mean, I would not be able to give my address to my on campus apartment complex. No. And, at all. and, and they, I, I never would use that address for yeah. anything. She, I guess, had been living there for a month or two. So they were like, she should have known her address. No. But I know. And especially if it's an apartment, those addresses are so weird. Like, yeah. like it's either. And if you're in school, you don't even use your address. You, yeah. you probably still use your parents' address. Right. For all your mail. And, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the only slightly weird thing is that she kept saying that there were new things that weren't there before. But honestly, I don't even think that's too weird either. I just think if I were in that situation, I wouldn't even really be noticing anything other than just being completely in shock. So that was the only thing that, like, rang alarm bells for me. Yeah. But given, and I'll talk about what was actually found there it really, it doesn't seem that weird to me because it is, it would be kind of, it would stand out Ooh. what 
they found. So, oh God. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, if you couldn't understand any of that or parts of it, it just the dispatchers asking her to check on Faith to see if she's breathing, you know, so that they could possibly do some sort of aid. But um, Karina said she didn't want to touch her, and then she said, "Well, t- touch her and see." like what her temperature is and she said she feels cold so then she told her to leave and go into the living room don't touch anything else the dispatcher knew at that point it was a crime scene that was a really good dispatcher by the way absolutely absolutely she was and then karina like we said had also told her that it seemed like somebody had been there because she found things in the room that were not there before so the police arrived to begin the investigation. Initially, all the records were sealed in this case. So when this happened, nobody had any details besides a girl had been killed at UNC. Absolutely nothing was available to the public. So media tried like several times, like filing requests to have records unsealed, only for the court to order the records sealed for even longer. They would be like, Okay, you want this unsealed? We're going to seal it for another 45 days. We're going to seal it for another. It it was it's crazy, but they kept the record sealed for almost 2 years. Wow. From when she was killed. So, nobody knew any details until then. Wow. And they had not arrested anybody in that time. Um, oh my god. Yeah. As far as I could gather, only her family knew and they only knew from her death certificate. That she had been beaten. I guess her they saw her cause of death was like blunt force trauma. Oh my god. When did you first hear about this story? So I was thinking about this today because it's been a really long time. It was after records had been released. Because I had known about some of these details. But I think I found out about it on Web Sleuths. I think it was around the time when I was obsessively checking web sleuths, and that's how I found out about Ying Ying. That's how I found out about Abby and Libby. Oh like, all, all of those ones that I've been obsessed with for a while. So, yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but it's been a long time. Wow. What well, happened in... 2012. Wow. Yeah. So, like, over 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, not yet 11 years, but, yeah. 11 years in uh, September. Yeah. Yeah. Once records started to come out, they so two years later, they started to release some of the information. Um, it wasn't all of it, but they released like search warrant applications and investigative notes that supported the search warrant applications. Most names were still redacted, but it was search warrants for like residences and cars and Faith's phone, computer, Facebook records and bank accounts. The transcript of the 911 call was also released, and the text messages were released. And then a timeline of what Karina and Faith did the night before Faith's body was found was also released. They also released the autopsy report. In the report, it said that she had suffered extensive skull fractures, cuts to her face and head, and she was also badly beaten on her arms and legs. The cause of death, like I said, had been determined to be blunt force trauma to the head. And the murder weapon was an empty Bacardi rum bottle. 
Holy shit. And that was one of the items that Karina identified as not having been in the apartment before. Whoa. Yeah. So, so there was, a, was all like head wounds. Yes. She was, the they beat her so hard on the head with a rum bottle that she died. How did it not break? I don't, I'm wondering if it was maybe it was a handle or something. I don't know. There's no pictures of any of the items in the crime scene or anything. Like, they're still not, they're st- they've still got a lot of stuff under lock. Was it full? No, it was empty. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, obviously they could have used their hands or whatever as well. Yeah. But either way, they used that in some form or fashion to beat her. Because there was blood found all over it. They also collected semen from a rape kit mm-hmm. from Faith's body. They used it to develop a DNA profile. Another thing they found on scene was a note left near Faith's body. It is a note written on like a takeout bag. It's a paper bag, like a small, Mm -hmm. almost like a lunch bag, but it's white. Yeah. Something they'd put chips in at a Mexican restaurant. Exactly. It's like a chip bag. It says, in all caps, I'm not stupid. Next line, bitch. Next line, jealous. It was sloppily written in ballpoint pen. Um, They determined that the bag was likely from... A restaurant called Time Out, which was a 24-hour restaurant in Chapel Hill that was the only place open at the time Faith and Karina had left the thrill. And actually, it's like a block from the thrill. I looked it up on Google Maps. It is super close. So investigators actually have never said whether they had the handwriting analyzed, but there's this program. It's called Crime Watch Daily. And it's, I think it's got Chris Hansen on it or oh, something. Yeah, I've but seen that show. Yeah. <laughs> they had a forensic document and handwriting expert named Peggy Walla look at the photos of the note. And the first thing she noticed, which I'm sure you'll realize now, is that there's no blood on that. And there mm-hmm. was reportedly blood found all over that room. Mm-hmm. So she thinks it was either written somewhere separate from the crime scene, either beforehand or maybe afterwards. Yeah. And placed there. After someone had washed up. Right. And just because of the sloppy writing, it could be that somebody used their non-dominant hand to disguise their handwriting. I don't even... I don't... I don't think it looks like a non-dominant hand. I don't think so either. It's neat enough. Yes. It just kind of looks like someone's mad mm-hmm. and wrote it quickly. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought too. They also found the pen... Can I just say? Oh, yes. It looks like a woman wrote it. I think it looks like a woman wrote it, too. I have my theories about this. They're totally unbased on anything besides, like, what they found. And well, just by the E, the, the J, the E, and the L, the way they're, like, they're curvy. Yes. It just it looks very feminine. It does. I think a boy's handwriting would be much worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, this is good handwriting. It is. It's, I mean, for a scrawled note, it's actually good handwriting. So they actually found the pen that was used to write the note, and the pen had DNA on it. It actually matched the DNA sample from the semen found. So another interesting thing ended up coming to light. Um, There was a girl named Yuna. It's spelled E-U-N-A. I'd never heard that name before. 
who was out with Faith and Karina at the Thrill that night, she actually got a voicemail from Faith and the timestamp on it is actually when they would have been at the Thrill. She ended up deleting it initially because she thought it was just a pocket dial, like a butt dial. Mm -hmm. And apparently... Faith was a serial butt dialer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she was like, whatever, I'll just delete this. It's, you know, whatever. But when she heard that Faith, you know, had been murdered, um, she called her cell phone service provider and they actually were able to help her retrieve the voicemail. I have the call. Mm -hmm. Before I let you hear it, it's important to note because of the timestamp, police Still, at this point, well, the last thing they've said, they still don't think that this voicemail has any bearing on the case because they think it happened at the club. But there was a forensic audio expert who analyzed it later and thinks otherwise. So I'm going to play it for you first without the subtitles that somebody has added in. Mm -hmm. And then I'll show them to you because I think the subtitles that they've added in are actually a stretch. (laughs) Like when people think a ghost is talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my So, do you do you want to watch some with the subtitles? Sure. And yeah. then... Because currently it just sounds like, you know, when you're in the lunchroom and you're just like holding your <laughs> hands over your ears and you're just like, ah. When you... Um, yeah, like cover your ears and the... You quick, take it on how do you off say, your ears yeah. and it's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> but then I heard some music at the end, like very 2012. Right. 
So, okay, let me just show you this with the subtitles. Now, okay. take this with a huge grain of salt yeah. because I do not think a lot of this is accurate at all. Okay, okay so I let Ashley listen to it without subtitles and then I let her listen to it with subtitles. Now, just for everyone's information, these subtitles are complete conjecture made up by somebody who is supposed to be a forensic audio analyst or something. Oh, really? A yeah. professional? Correct. But what are you, what is your opinion of what the interpretation is? I think it was pure bullshit. I'm because in the boat with I, you. When I listened to it without the subtitles, I was, I was like, I literally would have deleted this message too. Yeah. Because it sounds like just garbage. Yeah. And then you hear some music in the background. Right. But this person is putting like really violent words to yes. the garbage. And it's like, where are you getting that from? Right. So some of the lines that are in there is like they hear her saying like ow or um I think she's dying do it anyhow and fuck you I'm pissed I'm going to kick your face bitch I figured out that bullshit you liar you intentionally lied don't be a pussy put up a fight and I can't believe that you really did it Rosie and and they said someone said go help Eric Despite what the enhanced audio supposedly revealed, police are still sticking to the 1.23 a.m. timestamp that indicates the voicemail was sent while the girls were at the nightclub, which after hearing, like, like when it, um, it gives the subtitles for when you hear music in the background and it keeps talking about, like, something about your dead and all this stuff and it, it's like, that's not someone, like, rapping at a cr- crime scene. That's that's music at, at a, a club. club. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, like, 2012. Yeah. In a, in a nutshell. Oh, my God. So, when I think about this scenario, like, when they're at the thrill or whatever. I think of Afterlife. You think of Afterlife? Yeah. I think of Noni's. Oh, yeah. That's so crazy that you think of that. I was going to, um, yeah, I was going to ask you what your imagination was. Yeah, but. I was just thinking um, it kind of sounds like indie, like uh, hipster rap, where it's like, oh, emo. A little whiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But whenever I picture them at, like, the club, I picture them at Noni's for some reason. It's just, these are... Places and things we used to frequent as what a, young 20 what is that girls. song where it's like, you you That's what it sounded like to me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what song you're talking about at all. <laughs> it's just like one of those very... Wait, what is it? Oh, I have I'm to dying know to know what you're talking about because I'm sure... I just typed, don't trust her well. 303. Don't trust her. <gasps> oh, I know what you're talking about. Black dress with the tights underneath. I got a breath of a last cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a 
That's what it sounded like to me. And when was that song oh my made? God. That was definitely like 2008-2009. Because that was when we were living in <laughs> I mean, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> 2009. Oh my or god. 2008. Oh my god, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian and I'm, I'm not fucking scared of it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Oh my god, me and my roommate would listen to 303 constantly. So this particular analyst, his name was Arlo West. Oh, that's a really nice name. (laughs) Um, He said that he had found with the particular brand of phones that Faith and Yuna had, both of them had issues with time stamping and voicemails being sent incorrectly. He said the towers transmitting the cell phone signals were glitchy at best. And he believes to a high degree of forensic audio certainty that the timestamp is incorrect. He also discounts the background sound as being music. Since his analysis did not produce any sounds like percussion, a heavy bass, or synthesizers. So he thinks some guy's just rapping in the background of a murder? He thinks some guy is rapping in Karina's bedroom while killing Faith. I cannot, I cannot understand why he thinks that. It's this so dude loud. has got to be like eight thousand years old. Like, like, oh wow! There's no way that is the sound of a club. Yeah, it's so jarbled that you can't like pick up anything. Yeah, yeah. So. He also said that there were none of the background sounds like glasses clinking and others talking (laughs) like you would associate with a nightclub. This is bro. Have you been to a fucking nightclub? Have you ever had a Nokia? (laughs) Have you ever had a fucking wait, a Sony Ericsson? (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. Sony Ericsson. Wait, 2012. I didn't have an iPhone at that point. Wait, did I? I don't know. No, I think I had like a doing in 2012. Oh, maybe that's when that's you had when that fucking... Met, that's when we met Tudor. I don't think I had an iPhone. I may have just got my first iPhone. Well, you had a droid for a very limited amount of time because you were very unsatisfied with it. <laughs> that's right. And it's really funny that we called it a droid back then because now it's an Android. Yeah. Usually. Anyway, bro, there are not glasses clinking and people talking when you're in a nightclub. It's only music. I mean... Also, it's probably in your pocket or purse. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. This this dude does not know what he's doing. He's like, I've got thousands of calls. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, I can I can assume much more than or yeah, I don't know. Never mind. Just, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. So, Karina's ex-boyfriend Eric who she got a restraining order against, he actually seemed to be a very strong suspect from the beginning. Police, you know, knew about his history of domestic violence and his threat that he made against Faith. And they also found that the night before Faith was killed, around 6 p.m., he had texted a friend asking for forgiveness, quote, for what I am about to do. 
and then posted the same message on his Twitter feed. That's sketchy. Right. Three days later, he changed the banner on his Facebook page to read, quote, Dear Lord, forgive me for all of my sins and the sins I may commit today. Protect me from the girls who don't deserve me and the ones who wish me dead today. That is so fucking weird. Right? And you. If you weren't like peripherally com- like connected to a murder, that would be so cringe, dude. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, I would screenshot that and send it to you and be like, look at this bullshit. Yeah, right? That Eric put on his fucking cover. <laughs> oh my God. So they, police obviously were like, let's get a DNA sample from this guy. And he refused. They were like, well, guess what? We're going to get a warrant for your DNA. Because, I don't know. I guess they had enough. Because your Facebook cover photo. Because of your Facebook cover photo, so bro. <laughs> and your cringy. Twitter. And, yeah. Um, but when they told him this, at that time, he actually ended up agreeing to give his DNA. Um, so they didn't have to get the warrant. And when it came back, his DNA did not match the sample that they took from Faith's body. So he's just weird. He's A, a piece of shit, B, cringy, whatever, yeah. Um, But he's not a rapist that we know of. Well, yeah, we know of. He's got some real suspect behavior, though. So DNA from Brandon, who was Karina's ex-boyfriend that was also there with them that night, and many other men who police had found had been at the thrill during the same time as Karina and Faith, they were also tested and they were all cleared as suspects as well. On September 23rd, 2016, four years later, an episode of 2020 came out. And Chapel Hill police had actually released an image generated by Parabon Nano Labs, um, which is a genetic testing company in Virginia, of what the suspect who left the semen might look like based purely on the phenotype in his DNA profile. It's crazy that you can do that. I know, right? I wonder if it's accurate. So Parabon's president told ABC that Snapshot, the program his company used to create the image, predicts eye color, hair color, skin color, freckling, face morphology, and ancestry. And then uh, the image included a chart listing the probability that the suspect had the traits he was assigned. This is uh, just talking about like how accurate these things are. Houston and I, my brother and I, have done DNA, like ancestry, Mm-hmm. and 23andMe, and then there's, like, this website called GED Match. You can upload your DNA mm-hmm. to the website, and it will tell you, it gives you, like, um, an option to see what your predicted eye color is. Mm-hmm. And both of us is, like, spot on. It gives you a picture. It shows you a picture of, like, what your eye color is. And it's exactly the same. Like, Houston has, like, greenish, brownish whatever thrown in there and it's like exactly the same mine's obviously just shit brown but (laughs) (laughs) but it would be so cool if it was like show me what my face looks like i know i wish they had that like this yeah you'd probably just be a skinnier version of me (laughs) no (laughs) but like how does this i want snapshot dna phenotyping i 
Is it possible to just like submit your DNA to this? I don't know. I feel like this is only used in like like law enforcement and stuff, so I don't know if you can do it, but actually I yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. You know, with AI and everything, I bet. Yeah. Soon enough you could just like Yeah. It'll be like I mean, because there's really no purpose to like finding out what your phenotype snapshot is because you already exist, but <laughs> I don't know. Really crazy. Yeah. It is. Super... This looks like a real person. Yeah. So according to the image, the suspect was very strongly Native American and European mixed ancestry or Latino. Most of his genetic markers actually pointed to Mexican, Colombian, and Iberian ancestry, with some other South American and African countries making up the balance. Parabon believed with over 80% confidence that the suspect would have a skin tone in the olive range with very few freckles or none at all and black hair. It didn't obviously make any predictions as to his height and weight, though. To answer your question... (gasps) On September 16th, 2021, nine years after Faith had been murdered. It's so weird that all these big, like, things in this case keep happening in September, which is the month that she was killed. Whoa. It's so weird to me. So September 16th, 2021, the Chapel Hill Police Department arrested Miguel Salguero Olivares. He was 28 years old. He lived in Durham. They arrested him on a first-degree murder charge in Faith's death. He had not been a suspect originally, but was identified through DNA samples obtained after he had been arrested on a drunken driving charge in Wake County just a month before. So according to court documents that were released in January 2022, the DNA found at the scene and the palm print on the rum bottle match Miguel. There we go. Yeah. So Miguel, he came to the U.S. from Guatemala when he was a teen in 2010. So two years before Faith was killed. His most recent address was in Durham. He worked as a painter. And his neighbor had told a newspaper that he spoke little to no English when he came to the United States. Before moving to Durham, he lived in an apartment complex in Chapel Hill. And then uh, he had worked like at a pizzeria or something like that. There's not a whole lot of other details that have been revealed about him, including like what his possible relationship would have been to Faith. So we still don't know at this point, like if he is like connected through friends or how he could have possibly known who she was, any of that. His mom is in denial. She said, my son is not a murderer. I believe in my son. I believe it. He said he doesn't know the girl. She had said he never attended UNC Chapel Hill and didn't have many friends at the college. And obviously she just doesn't believe that he could possibly do something like this. There's a private investigator named Hunter Glass that uh, worked on the case. And he said that Miguel's name had come up as having been at a party at Faith and Karina's apartment complex, but he didn't, quote, stick out, whatever that means. Police have also not confirmed any details about a party and whether Miguel was there. And 
since then, police and prosecutors have declined to release a lot of details about the investigation. Like I said, including whether they know if Miguel knew Faith. They have also not said if they know if there's a motive in the case, and they have asked the public to bear with them as they sort the details out. We did find out that a warrant from December 2022 uh, revealed that they wanted to do a more thorough fingerprinting of Miguel in jail for a better comparison to include inked impressions with emphasis on the fully rolled fingers to include sides and tips. <laughs> and uh, in court, so the latest update is April 2023, a few months ago, the case was continued. He's in custody still, mm-hmm. um, but the next update that the judge is set to receive is on July 20th of this year, and there is still no trial date or plea date set. So his palm print was on the Bacardi bottle. On the Bacardi bottle, yeah. And his DNA is was the same. This her. dude is him. It's him. It's him. It's got to be him. The question is... Were there more people involved? Because I've seen some sources, like like I said, there are so many sources that contradict each other on this case, but I've seen some that say police have been, you know, they might do more arrests in this case. And that's where I'm like, okay, there's some things that are suspect about Karina because she left, she got sick, supposedly, at the club, and... They came home, and then she ended up going to somebody else's house, conveniently, supposedly. Well, maybe she took, like, ecstasy and had diarrhea at the <laughs> club. And then... I mean, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm absolutely not saying that Karina had anything to do with it. I'm just saying hmm. she, she left the door unlocked and Faith in the apartment alone. There are just some little things that are like, well... Why the fuck did you do that, babe? I will say I tried to stalk, like, every single person in this case on social media. Karina has been wiped off the face of the earth. She has nothing. Nothing. I was able to find Eric's Facebook, and he had, like, made a post at some point that was like, I've been investigated for, like, nine years, and I've finally been... I, I don't know, because it said that he was cleared in the beginning, but he made a post like last year that was like, I've been investigated for nine years and now I'm finally probably free of it. always called back for things yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then Marisol has a Facebook and she, I can only see so much probably, but was she's. Was Marisol the one that got the voicemail? No, Marisol is the one that was in the apartment with Karina when she called 911. Yuna, the one that had the voicemail, she is the only person that I've. I had seen on her Facebook, <laughs> I fucking looked at all these people's Facebook. She still posts about Faith to this day. She keeps posting, saying, like, I miss you so much. Can't believe it's been 10 years, blah, 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 like all this kind of stuff. Jesus. So, yeah. Well, the fact that um, Karina is like completely wiped off social media is a little weird. Right. There's just little things that just. <sighs> Like, I don't know. Maybe you're just the type of person strange. that doesn't do social media, but maybe. Like if, I, and I'm sure she, they never, I've never seen anything that she was ever a suspect or anything. Never. But also they have not, they still have not released all of the information. 
Like, I mean, they waited two years to release anything. And then they waited 10, I mean, it was 10 years before they arrested anybody. So, I mean, I think that's why I think we're going to find out a lot more through trial if he ends up pleading not guilty, which I kind of hope he does. So we find out more details because I want to know. I want to know more. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely not saying Karina had anything to do with this. I'm just saying there are some things that are a little bit sus and there could have been more people involved. I don't know. Like, we don't know anything about this guy, Miguel, like how he was connected to her at all. So who knows? But I, I, I'm, I was just saying that I've seen some sources say that police do think that there are other people involved. Wow. It's all a big question. Like, I mean, they have somebody, but I still feel like there's so many questions that have not been answered. Like, the main one being the motive. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, so they got home at, like, 2.06. Karina had left by 4.30-ish. That's the weirdest time for anything to ever happen. So why was somebody entering the apartment after 4.30? Unless it happened when she was there. I don't know. Like, how would any anybody... Unless he truly was somebody, like, at a party at another apartment it just went super late and maybe... But he wouldn't have seen her because she had gone in the apartment at 2.06. So, I mean, 3. Sorry. She got back to the apartment by 3. Dude, this is the worst kind of story because I feel like this could literally have been us. I... No, dude. I feel the same exact way. I think about this case, and I'm like, how the fuck were we not murdered? Like, (laughs) this one is scary. This one's super scary because we, yeah, yeah, it could have happened to one of us. In North Carolina? Yeah. Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we can learn more soon, and... Well, they don't seem to be in a rush. I mean, there's no date further set besides that July 20th, quote-unquote, update, whatever that means. this guy's just, like, chilling and... Jail, like, yeah. just like, sup? I don't know what's going on here. I mean, it's crazy because this guy was not on the radar at all, and he just happened to get arrested for a drunk driving car charge. So yeah, this is one of those that didn't get as much media attention as I've a lot of never other cases heard of this, ever. So it's kind of hard, and and I think the fact that the police held withheld so much information for so long it allowed rumors to fly. And so people were just like fucking editorializing everything. So yeah, like that fucking cell phone analyst was like, let me just make up a little oh story my God. here. Her fucking, the Wikipedia page on her is half of this stupid blogger that just has opinions about everything. Like they that someone needs to go in and edit this Wikipedia page because half of it is conjecture by this dude that just like wrote a blog. And I'm like, this is so unhelpful. <laughs> so that's all I got for you. I, I mean, need, I need to know more. I know me too. Um, I hope we will find out. It's probably, I'm fairly certain it's not going to be a very highly publicized case. It hasn't been so far. I mean, it's been in the news, but not like, not like Murdoch, not it's like Lori. Why like, do some things get really highly publicized, but like others don't? It's fucking white people, man. Yes, right? She's Native American, so it's like... (laughs) 
That's crazy. Yeah. It's always white girl syndrome. That's really disappointing. It is. But we'll keep you guys posted on what happens. Yeah, Um, we will for sure. It might be a million years, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that being said, I want to do, there's a few interesting like Native American ones that I want to do. I've listened to some really good podcasts about like a couple of women that were murdered and just nobody fucking cares. So yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group just called Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. You have to request to join. We'll add you though. And we have an Instagram where we'll post all these pictures from this episode. Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. If you have any questions or suggestions or criticism, instead of writing it in a review, if you have criticism, email us at rabbitholehappyhour at gmail.com. And leave us a review review if you enjoyed it. Yeah, we have not gotten a review in it's been a, a long while. time. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. y'all, if you like us, help us out. Please let us know. I mean, we're not trying to achieve like eternal. No, glory, it just like but... honestly, it just like makes me feel like I'm doing something for a purpose if someone right. enjoys it. Like, right. If no one enjoys it. Like, why are we doing? I it? mean, I like hanging out with Mallory, but we can just <laughs> do that without doing hours and hours of research. Right, right? exactly. So, like, can you let me know if you're enjoying this? <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> well, guess what, guys? I have to pee so bad. So, <laughs> yeah, and I have to go go night night. So. <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all go. Okay, bye bye. Bye.